Good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of F and I'm doing a podcast. Curtis, Wakanda's variant MCU grief counselor. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the MCU and the Spider-Man trailer, as well as my thoughts on its future and where we were when all this started, before the MCU became a thing that directors have to talk about when it comes to this franchise. In the early beginnings of the DC, the MC, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as they say, almost fucked up said DC, and there's a reason, because I'll get to that. But the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the early beginnings was kind of scattershot. There was no real clear universe behind it, uh, at best. When the MCU first started, really, uh, they were under the Fox banner. Not the MCU, but more like before they got serious about movies and comic book movies in general. Because at the time, the X-Men was not them getting serious. In fact, it was quite the opposite, in my opinion. The X-Men universe was basically created, you could kind of say, because they had a great Saturday morning cartoon. None of the stuff that happened in, or not none of the stuff, but a lot of the stuff that went on in uh, the X-Men cartoon uh, really was more of a cliff note version of some classics. They did their version of the Dark Phoenix Saga, the Hellfire Club. I think they introduced they introduced Bishop and Cable. I might be uh, second guessing it, but I want to say they introduced the Brood. Omega Red was in there. To some degree, they brought the family tree of Professor Xavier, but they really didn't. Uh, it wasn't the type of cartoon that you could say is comic book accurate. And I remember as a kid or as a teenager uh, being very excited about the X Men debuting, and when it became a movie. I was really intrigued at the same time. Um, I remember when the casting popped up for Professor Xavier. I was right about. It. I was like, "Oh man, that's gonna be cool." Uh, this guy named Hugh Jackman, who a lot of people were really big on, I wasn't sure about. I wasn't sure because I haven't seen him in anything, anything that came across my eyeballs anyway. Uh, Halle Berry, a storm, and I thought, okay, that's decent, I guess. Uh, I, at the time, I don't even think she did the Catwoman, if I remember correctly. Uh, Ray Park was going to play Toad. And I liked Ray Park at the time, until a lot of shit popped up. But I was like, okay, yeah, he'll be he'll be good for that, I guess. I guess. Uh, and then you had uh, uh, Tyler Mayne, I think, as Sabretooth. Uh, uh, you had... Uh, the casting of Magneto, whose name I can't 
remember right now. But you had a... It was... I was excited for it. I remember uh, watching it and basically settling on a lot of shit. As a comic book fan, growing up and seeing our property on the screen, we had to adapt and settle. We settled for a lot of shit. A lot of kids are bitching about Spider-Man's outfit online and it just makes me laugh because you dumb fuckers have no idea how much we had to fucking settle for. I mean, Spider-Man, I was just happy to see him on the electric company and then he gets his own CBS show. And while the comic book, while he, the costume wasn't, you know, comic book accurate or streamlined like he wanted it to be, I was cool. I didn't care. I was, I was digging the Spider-Man show. I really wish Disney Plus would find a way to get the Spider-Man live action show on their platform because I would watch the hell out of that. I'm not going to lie. But I was happy for what we had, you know? X-Men comes along and I was happy for what we had as well to a degree. On one end, Brian Singer uh, did a decent job without realizing later on that he really didn't give a fuck about the comic book property. In fact, a lot of the actors were told they didn't need to read the comic book property. This was going to be from Brian Singer's asshole, basically. Uh, He was coming up with this on his own, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, Wolverine does this. He got sharp knives. I've seen the X-Men movie, so a cartoon. So he does this and so forth. There wasn't any backstory to really give you any kind of depth to the characters. They gave you a little backstory to a few characters, the key ones. But there wasn't a whole lot into Storm. Other than you got to know one part about what she did. She was a thief and blah, blah. But she didn't go any depth with what she was doing. And Hugh Jackman has become one of my favorites as an actor for the X-Men franchise because he actually went and did research and he did his his thing in it because he did his own research and made Wolverine as best as he could at the time for Wolverine, for Logan, for James. He did a great job with it, in my opinion. And Logan is by far in my top 10 um, best non-MCU, but now MCU uh, properties. It kicked ass, folks. But, uh, I settled. I remember when the costume, when the blacks, when they had the black spandex. And I'm thinking, well, why can we do that? And then you hear Brian Singer talk about, well, it would look goofy and be like the Halloween store if they wore those comic book accurate colors. And to a degree, I say yes, but I also think it was a real huge cop-out on somebody that didn't do his fucking research. And he basically was trying to not have to do any more research just to put a movie out, in hindsight. But I remember popping a little bit at the idea of seeing the X-Men at the Statue of Liberty, you know, what it's all based on, and, and watching them hop over, you know, as a unit, 
uh, getting ready to take on Magneto, Toad, and Sabretooth, and whoever else was a part of this contraption. Oh, Mystique. Yeah, Mystique. Rebecca Romaine Stamos, they had as Mystique. I wasn't sure about that either. I wasn't big on Rebecca Romaine, and she did her job for it, but I have yet to see a character playing Mystique in a way that really sells it. Jennifer Lawrence did a great job in first class to a degree, but she immediately said, fuck this comic book bullshit, and I think she checked out. I would like to hear her tell her one day, you'll hear her whole entire story about her acting career, and then she'll come across first class. And we might find out the truth behind her feelings on first class and being part of it. First class I have issues with anyway because they introduced a black character who couldn't be killed, but yet they found a way to kill him, MacGuffin style. And I thought that was bullshit. He was a brand new character. I thought, ooh, they're going to do something different with him from the from the, from the comic book. From I me, mean, not comic book, from the TV show or movie or whatever. And we're going to see something. Nope. Just introduce him only to get him killed off for an emotional beat. Nothing more, nothing less. But anyway, I'm going back on settling. We saw for a lot of comic book shit back then. And to uh, get to the MCU part of it, after Blade, which was the first R-rated comic book character that took off, that really made them think that they could make a universe out of this, came Ghost Rider, and Ghost Rider ended up being PG-13. Nicholas Cage was Ghost Rider, and I don't, I, I think Cage was great. As Johnny K is Johnny Blaze, but I think he was in the wrong movie. I think if they if they got the guys behind Mandy to do Ghost Rider, we it would melt faces because of how wild it would be. And I wouldn't hate the idea of Nicolas Cage returning to some degree to that character because I think he would do a hell of a job with it if they decide to finally bring Ghost Rider back. Uh, but not to go on a tangent about Ghost Rider. But anyway, after that, uh, all of a sudden, the, Kevin Feige came in and he said, we're going to create, not create, he didn't say he was going to create a universe, but he wanted the first Avengers film to be about Iron Man. Because Cap, at the time, for a lot of people, was too boring. They didn't think Cap would work. And we knew Cap was going to come down the pipeline, so... Our anticipation for Cap was kind of low. But then he introduced Iron Man. And then he said Robert Downey Jr. was going to be cast. And I was real skeptical on Tony Stark. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. becoming Tony Stark. I didn't think it was going to work. Haha, for me. But Iron Man came out. Before that, Krebel Hulk came out. Uh, the Ed Norton one. Ed Norton didn't have any... Uh, interest in being a part of a franchise so he said fuck that and we got Mark Ruffalo playing uh, the Hulk later on uh, but they also had a bunch of legal tape they still do I think it's petty bullshit on their part uh, just fucking make the money and give us Hulk and stop fucking around with Hulk and let Marvel Disney handle it for Christ's sake what you're gonna do 
you're gonna have a TV show with the old theme song and only last for a season and they go well I guess we tried anyway after all that Iron Man happened and suddenly you had a franchise there was a brief uh, bonus scene of Incredible Hulk that had Robert Downey Jr. in it with talking about Thunderbolt Ross William Hurt's character and we suddenly had a uh, film franchise Iron Man comes along and we ha- we got Samuel Jackson talking about the Avengers Initiative and everybody in the audience was like oh my god well everybody that knew was freaking out going the Avengers are going to happen the Avengers are going to happen and then we get to the Avengers and it kicked ass and they told their story ten years later we're in an game where Cap is gone Tony's gone oh Cap is well not dead Cap is just in time somewhere living his life with with uh, Haley Atwell uh, not a bad place if you ask me and we now have in the current timeline we now have Spider-Man Doctor Strange really being the only heroes because Falcon and Bucky are doing their own thing uh, Wanda is on the run for basically moon, basically brainwashing an entire town and holding them hostage for God knows how fucking long. Uh, Captain Marvel's off in space. Uh, Photon, Ms. Uh, Photon, or uh, I'm trying to remember what they call her, the other uh, beyond Photon. Spectrum is off in space as well now. And Loki is trapped by a TVA in another alternate universe. And he's the good guy. In all this. And Hawkeye is uh, fighting his past alongside his protege. Which we'll see next week. And I can't wait to see it. But anyway. Here we are. What are they going to do? Where's it going to go? Spider-Man No Way Home came out. A lot of people were like. Don't they have the Avengers? No, motherfucker. They don't have the Avengers. Uh, Shang-Chi. I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know where, that, where it falls for him, Avengers-wise. Uh, Black Widow. Her sister's been gaslighted to thinking that Hawkeye's the bad guy. And I'm ready for that other shoe to drop in the Hawkeye miniseries. I hope we don't have to wait until another movie. Uh, and I say it just like that. Um. They don't have an Iron Man, if you will. They don't have that. So where does this put everyone at? They puts them in a pickle. There's no superhero. There's no Avengers to save the day, preferably. And now we're dealing with... Uh, where does this all lead? How do we get past all of this in the long run? We don't. It's going to be up to Spider-Man to save the day. It's going to be up to uh, Spider-Man and his Scooby gang to keep time from unraveling. Yeah. What the fuck, right? But he will get allies, hopefully, in Doctor Strange 2, which hopefully is going to have Strange, Loki, and Wanda, reluctantly, alongside one of the Spider-Men, Trying to find a way to make sense of all of this. Where does Tom Holland's character go? 
My thoughts is he gets wrapped away in time and shows up face to face with Eddie Brock. And that will be the first Venom show that I'm actually fully invested in, if that happens. But, here we all are. And don't forget Deadpool. Deadpool's in this mix too. And we're not sure where he's going to go. But for the MCU itself, time has come a has is a muck now, and you have Kang, Emperor Kang, being introduced thanks to Loki, and slowly setting up the stage for his intro his introduction as a real big bad of this story. Ten more years, I don't know where they're going to go. They're either going to I, my guess is that by that time, by 10, year, 10 more years from now, maybe 15 because of the COVID situation, we're going to have Secret Wars as being their end game. Secret Wars and maybe a variation of uh, War of the Realms. That's going to introduce some shit. Uh, yeah, because we still haven't forgot Thor uh, Love and Thunder. And where that's going to leave the Guardians 3 and where that's going to go. Um, there's a lot. And it's going to take time for all that to come out. I mean, I haven't even talked about the TV shows and how connected they'll be. We still have yet to see an actual real connection, so to speak. I got hyped up for What If. I thought there's going to be that connection then. Not yet. I'm still holding on to that connection. So we will see, folks. Um, just for the Spider-Man trailer, I'm excited for I think it's cool. I really wish John Campia had kept his, deck in, kept his dick in his pants for trying to uh, be the first to scoop the movie. And we might have got to see Andrew and Toby kicking ass with Tom Holland. But... He fucked it up. I'm saying it right now. No one else wants to say it. He fucked it up. Campia fucked it up. They had to edit out, clearly edit out, heavily edit out uh, those three punching the fuck out of Sandman, Electro, and Lizard. So we'll hold on. I think it would have been more dramatic for them had they said everything's coming out and then all of a sudden boom out of the doorways out of the, out of the portals or the portals comes uh, fucking Tom McGuire and Angie Garfield to save the day that would have been cool too but anyway bring on the 19th and uh, I hope you're ready to check it out we're going to be in for timey wimey MCU decade folks so hold on it's going to be fun this has been F and I'm doing a podcast and Curtis and we'll talk again shortly